This is The Mindful and the Messy with Roxy and Sarah. Welcome to The Mindful and the Messy, honest, real-life chats on living and loving our lives. Welcome back to The Mindful and the Messy. And today our topic is um, answering our calling and overcoming limiting beliefs. Yes, this is going to be a good one. Hmm. I feel like there's probably going to be a lot of people who have different opinions about this. Um, And even to be honest, just me, like as we talk about this, I feel like I'm going to really be thinking about what this topic really means to myself as well. So I'm really keen to get into this and also hear your thoughts, Sarah, about this and and what you think and what you feel about this. Yeah, me too. I think it's one of those topics that a lot of people have on their mind all the time or in the back of their mind. Mm. Um, And obviously both things, your calling and your limiting beliefs are informing your behavior. So it's a huge part of your actions. And I think how people define themselves and what they want to accomplish. So it's a big one. Yeah, it's a huge one. And to be honest, when we discussed that we were wanting to talk about this, it really made me think as well, like about my own calling and what Mm -hmm. does it mean to have a calling and have I found my calling? And just, it really made me question a lot of things. Um, And so like, I guess we can just start off on on what we both think about what is our calling and um, kind of go from there. So I guess for me, um, I feel like I can say I have found my calling. And I know I've been told by by people that I'm lucky uh, from, to mm-hmm. have found my calling from a young age. Um, and, I've, and I've had that a few times. And I, I do agree that I feel, I feel lucky or, or maybe fortunate, I feel like is a better word than, than lucky. Mm-hmm. Um, but for me, like with my business, Wild Education and um, working with conservation and animals was always felt like it was the right thing for me to do. But it took a lot of steps for me to get there as well. Like it wasn't like it yeah. just... I don't know, maybe some people wake up one day and know that that's exactly what they want to do and they run with it. But I feel like a lot of the times it's more complicated than that. Yeah, and I think it definitely evolves as well. Mm. And I think that's one major thing that came to mind for me right away was talking about how it's okay to allow your calling to evolve and what you believe your purpose is. Um, I mean, the only thing that is certain in this world is change right everything's changing constantly and we're always changing and evolving so I think it's okay as well for a calling to evolve with you and it will otherwise it it probably wouldn't be your calling Mm. (laughs) um that's so true I love that you said that because I was just thinking as well like when I was a kid, I really wanted to be a vet. I know we've spoken about this before. I really wanted to be a vet and I thought that's what I wanted to do for a really, really long time. And if I hadn't been willing to let go of that plan or that idea or that what I thought was that calling and allow myself to evolve and change to what my belief my calling is now, I could have been very stuck in what I thought I needed or had to do. So it's it's super important to allow yourself to be flexible and to change with wherever you are at life. Like I'm, I'm glad I didn't try to pursue that now, you know? Yeah. It all worked out Mm. and will continue to probably in different ways. Yeah. 
you're definitely a person that I look at and think like Roxy is pursuing her calling. Mm. Um, just how you were saying at the beginning, a lot of people have told you that yeah. I was just thinking, yeah, that's something in my head as I look at you as someone who found their calling and is really running with it. Yeah, I guess I am. I mean, I, I, I mean, I feel like I am. And again, I guess I feel lucky that I have been able to find that at a young age and, and yeah, and run with it and do it. But um, I guess just quickly, what I could talk about was the, the, I guess, I guess the word I could use is like courage. I had to find within myself to actually answer the calling because mm -hmm. I guess some people think that it was just like super easy. And to be honest, right. it wasn't like, I knew that I've always wanted to do something with wildlife and with nature and I didn't really know what, so I thought I was going to be a vet. And to be honest, when I decided I wanted to make my business, in doing that, I also decided to quit uni. And that, to be honest, like thinking of pivotable, pivotal <laughs> moments <laughs> in your life where things change and you make a big decision, that was yeah. definitely one of them. And that for me was like a really scary moment. I remember being really scared about change and what was going to happen and if this was the wrong thing to be doing and, you know, having a lot of criticism from people who care deeply about me um, because it's like not a very traditional way of doing things um, right. and having people really throw their, I would say, limiting beliefs onto me um, mm -hmm. and me having to navigate my way through not listening to them and really tuning into what I thought was right and going with that. So kind of going against what everybody is telling you to do and still sticking to your guns was something I found super challenging, but I'm also very glad that I did it. Otherwise, I don't yeah. think I'd be where I am now. And I guess that's exactly why these topics weave in together mm -hmm. so perfectly and are so connected. You just, that example was perfect. You had to have courage. In order to have courage, you have to navigate your own limiting beliefs. Mm -hmm. And also our limiting beliefs can be triggered by societal beliefs, like you were talking about, or by our family. I mean, our family are some of the most triggering people in our lives just because those beliefs were formed around them, right? Yep. <laughs> so really, that was just a perfect example, I thought, because in order to answer the calling, you need to, to be able to know your limiting beliefs and to recognize them as those, mm -hmm. and therefore recognizing that you can choose differently and you can change them. Yeah. Exactly. I think two of the main limiting beliefs that came up for me and still do, like I'm not saying I'm like, it's definitely a, a process. Like they can always come up in different ways, but it's, I feel like it's good to lean into them to understand what, why, why you have mm -hmm. these limiting beliefs to, to work through them. So for me, my two big ones, um, especially when I was younger and I was starting wild was money and yeah. education. So mm -hmm. I felt like, quitting uni I was not I had to really prove myself because I wasn't as educated because I didn't have a tertiary education so right. I had to prove myself in different ways because I didn't have that education or with yeah. money like I'm making my own business I have to make my own money I have to do xyz because I haven't gone to uni so 
all these big obstacles and they were the two that people threw at me the most as well oh you're not going to uni like what are you going to do for a job like how are you going to make money like they were the two that kept circulating and circulating um so they're big ones that I had to really step into and unfortunately they were ones that everyone threw at me people who I didn't know really kind of talked to me about them but also my family so it wasn't like just one person it was kind of all round and it was it took a lot to be like no I'm not going to listen to your your guys opinions about this in a negative way like I'll take on board some of maybe constructive criticism but Mm -hmm. not these things that are telling me to stay in my box to go back to uni to do this thing because they think that this will get me a job xyz so yeah but it's good to lean into it as well yeah it is I think you have to look at them. You can't, again, we always come back to this idea of not spiritual bypassing. Um, yes, you can choose different thoughts, but in order to actually move through these beliefs and to actually release them, you need to, like you say, lean in, you need to feel what you're feeling. Um, actually one of my life coaches, she's one of my friends, but (laughs) she's also a life coach and she gives me coaching. Um, she actually, gives me a really good exercise for that and it's just noticing when the beliefs come up rather than trying to fix them because I am a fixer a doer I like to try and switch it right away but she has me practice just noticing the belief is there and not trying to guilt myself out of it or find a solution just allowing it to sit there and noticing how it feels in my body and what it brings up and I have heard that from different schools of thought that that's actually one of the best ways to allow it to move through you. And that until you allow it to sit there and get comfortable with that discomfort and really understand, like you said, why, where it's coming from, where the roots are, that's how you can actually heal it and move beyond it. Wow. But another thing I wanted to say too, is as you were talking there about everyone throwing those beliefs at you about money about not having more education I would say that's almost like a collective limiting belief of our world you know like our whole society has these beliefs that there's there's not enough we always need more more money we don't have enough money um and also the, the all these beliefs around status and symbol and not being good enough you need to achieve more do more to be good enough So it makes sense when I think about it that way that people would throw that at other people because they're also insecure about it, right? Yeah. Yeah, that's kind of what I meant by everyone was like it was coming. It it was like just being bombarded by it. I felt like by everyone. And as I said, people who I didn't know would message me on Instagram being like, oh, like, no, no, no. And I was like, what is going on? And I, (laughs) I, I do remember really thinking, though, like, that this is their stuff that they're putting on me as well. Like this is their limiting beliefs that they, they're fearful as well. Like it's not even their life and they're fearful about it. And it's like when any, anytime somebody really goes against the grain or, you know, big change happens, it can really stir up a lot of emotions for people, even if it's got nothing to do with them, because they see someone doing something that goes against what they think is like the, right way to be doing things 
So yeah, yeah, it was a bit of a, a bit of a, as I said, turning point for me. Um, but I'm I'm glad I did it, and I I love what you just said then because it's definitely a good reminder for me too. Is to just let those emotions and feelings sit without trying to fix. Because I'm mm-hmm. very similar to you of fixing or really wanting to feel better about something like straight away. And that's yeah. not always the case. That is just like not actually letting it happen. Yeah, it's just burying it, I guess. Yeah. I don't I don't know how good I am at how good I am. That's <laughs> sounds like it's coming from a limiting belief, but <laughs> I don't know how much I actually do that. I really have to catch myself to be like, okay, just notice it. Because mm. um, it is, it's so ingrained in a lot of people. I think, again, this whole idea of productivity in our society that we need to to do more, to be more, um, it's hard. Yeah, And I guess why finding or answering your calling I like how you said answering your calling I guess that's why it's not easy for everyone or people feel unsure about it because like you said it's not an easy process Mm. it's it's I think it's natural in a lot of ways your calling it's you know I I am when I envision a calling I envision it feeling really natural and combining your passion with your skills and all of those things. Um, But like you said, I think actually answering it is the difficult part. Yeah. Yeah, this is true. And so we did, we like to do polls for these podcast (laughs) episodes because to be honest, I love it when we do the polls on Instagram because it gives me a really good idea of what other people's thoughts and opinions are of these topics, you know, because a lot of the time me and you say we will have similar opinions about things so it's nice to see what other people think and Mm -hmm. um for the polls you know I ask people do they think they've answered you know do they think they've answered their calling and a lot of people said yes which in a way surprised me but I mean that's great if they if they say yes that's awesome what also surprised me was on my poll I asked um you know do you think that everyone has a specific calling and a lot of people said no, which mm. I was surprised about. So I think. Yeah, it, that surprises me too. It does surprise me. So I don't know. I don't know how I feel about it. So my first thought was I do think that everyone has their own calling, but I think that there is circumstances, access, privilege that allow people maybe a better opportunity to answer their calling than others. And maybe people get stuck and they think it's their calling that they ignore it. Like people might have a calling, but never answer it. Like this could also happen. So I was, I was interested to hear that people don't think that everyone has a specific calling. Yeah. That surprises me too. And when I'm thinking about it and talking about it right now, I, I think sometimes it can be hard to actually imagine how a calling manifests itself in the material world like how to make it a physical thing and I think that a lot of people struggle with too is like myself included I for me that my calling feels so ethereal and this giant cloud almost not a not a mean cloud a nice cloud (laughs) 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 it just feels very like up there in the realm of spirit Mm -hmm. and I really struggle with 
how do I actually bring this down to earth and make it something physical and manifest and material that people use here right now? And so I don't know. I'm thinking about that because when I hear people say they don't think everyone has a specific calling, maybe people also struggle with that and the idea of like, maybe the calling is more ethereal and it's, it's hard to describe how it looks in the physical world or what it becomes. Yeah, a hundred percent because I, I love your face right now. It's so concentrated. Hmm. Um, yeah. I a hundred percent agree because I also do, but definitely did when I first started wild have that feeling of being like, I have this huge idea how the fuck do I make it happen? What yeah. like w- what do I actually? What are the tools I need to make it? Yeah, a tangible thing, as you said, like on this plane, <laughs> yeah, that can yeah. actually manifest itself into real life. And I think the way that I managed to kind of get around that was to me writing down things really, really helped. But also mm-hmm. just looking at others for inspiration and just kind of. I don't know. I think that I was talking to my mom about this this morning and she said she thinks a lot of people who answer their calling have some sort of grit behind them and something Mm -hmm. that really pushes them through to really answer that calling, something that gets them like determined and going to answer it. And I kind of agree because for me, I think it was being in Africa and really learning about poaching and the illegal wildlife trade. And that mm-hmm. was my kind of grit that was like, okay, I'm going to I'm gonna bring this down so I can actually do something about it. So yeah. maybe that, maybe that, maybe other people can relate to that grit or that moment where they feel like, okay, this is what I need to do. Yeah. And you know, what's interesting is when you talked about grit there, I had this kind of aha moment, like maybe also our limiting beliefs can be that grit for us. Mm not for everyone but for some people like what you're trying to heal maybe the process of healing it and trying to overcome it will end up being your grit to helping other people overcome the same thing Mm. Um, and kind of not for all callings but a lot of people what you're struggling with actually might be an answer into how you're here to help Mm. right whatever you're navigating you can help other people navigate the same thing. Um, So maybe even our limiting beliefs, if we frame them that way, can be the grit to help us pursue what we're trying to pursue. Yeah. Well, I I agree because even for me, like also knowing that something that was like a limiting belief for me was education, but I Mm -hmm. still chose to, yeah, like... (laughs) That was a limiting belief for me, but I still decided to leave university, even having this big limiting belief of not being enough because I'm not educated enough because X, Y, Z, I still left uni. (laughs) And your business is education. (laughs) It's taking it outside of the structure. Yeah. I feel like this is almost like a mind-blowing realization (laughs) here. It is because uh, that's why... it's so funny because like yeah literally like even throughout for me like it's getting a bit personal but like through primary school and high school I never thought I was really good enough in school 
And I even mm. remember being called dumb as a child. And that was like a big thing for me that stuck with me like through high school and, and even sometimes today still. And so this whole process for me of education, of not having a very good relationship with the education system, mm. leaving university, but literally naming my business Wild Education because I so believe in education as such a powerful tool and really to my core do I believe that it's like one of the things that will help heal this world. It is I not, have chills, Roxy. <laughs> it's not in the same way that I had been taught through my education. It's like a different mm. vision for education. But, yeah, so I guess, yeah, I'm having a little bit of epiphany moments too as I'm talking. Oh, that's what this whole conversation kind of feels like that. It's a lot of realisation. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, guys, we need time to process this. We'll be back in five minutes. (laughs) Like, how would you describe a calling then, do you think? I Well, yeah, I don't know. It's it's tricky because I would go back to what you said of of a feeling. So while I'm trying to think of what, when I realized what my calling was, what, what feeling surrounded that was something that I could envisage not just in the next year, but like, when I'm 80 years old, mm-hmm. will I have been, you know, fulfilled from what I believe I'm doing? And is this my calling? And like, even taking it further than that, like my kids or my grandkids, like will what I have done in this lifetime help those in the future generations? That's how I felt mm-hmm. about it because mine's to do with obviously the environment and education, but that feeling of, it's like a mixed feeling of, real certainty like a real feeling of peace almost like yep this is it and passion excitement but also you know there's a little fear in there there's that uncomfortable feeling which I think is essential really to feel to be able to sit in that place where you feel uncomfortable and still take another step forward yeah so it's like helping you grow it's Mm. it's your passion and all of that your purpose but in order to be that, it also has to be helping you evolve mm-hmm. as a person. Yes. So, yeah, I totally agree that discomfort is ultimately helping you grow. And there does have to be that for it to be a true calling. Mm-hmm. Yeah. What about you? What's your What's been your experiences with your calling? And do you think you've answered your calling? Or is it evolving? <laughs> I don't know. Like, originally, I would immediately... I don't know. When yeah. I... So I put up that poll as well. Mm. And I actually had 78% said not really. They hadn't found their calling. Mm, okay. Which I did kind of resonate with. And yeah. in a lot of ways, I think I know what my calling is. But I still feel like it's very in that airy space and hasn't come into physical form. Um, and it, it definitely is changing more and more as I go. I. I feel like I keep getting more specific with it. For me, it's like I know I'm here to honor Mother Earth and protect Mother Earth, and that really feels like the core of it. Mm. Um, But I still feel like I haven't found that sweet spot of bringing it down to Earth. Um, And one thing I really like, an idea of how to find your calling, and one thing I've followed is to think back to when you were little, like five years old or something, and what you loved to do and what 
you dreamed about and envisioned your your future and what you did just for play and for fun and for excitement and yeah. to look at your calling that way. Um, and you mentioned that too about you always as a kid wanted to be a vet. So there was the wildlife, animals in there, nature. And for me, it was, yeah, playing outside. Like I, that's all I wanted to do is play outside and talk to the trees. And uh, I think I kissed a few when I was young. <laughs> Ooh. <laughs> practicing <laughs> I'm not kidding though that's so damn cute um, I love that I just had that memory uh, put it all out there um but also writing mm. so I definitely think writing is included in it I'm a writer I love to write and I've written my whole life like ever since I could write I've wanted to express myself through writing mm. So yeah, that's helped me quite a bit, at least begin to put it into form is to think back to little girl me and what I really love to do just for the sake of doing it. And um, that joy it gave me. So that's what informs me now, as well as I think everyone should be asking themselves when they're thinking about their calling, like, how does it serve the collective well-being? And you know, not just you, but how does it serve our world and our planet? I think everyone needs to be asking that yes. right now. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I just was having this um, flashback memory as you were talking of when I looked at you and knew that writing was definitely something that I thought was your calling or something mm -hmm. that you had to 100% do was we were in Africa and you had shown, I think it was me and Trico, me and someone, one of your like first writings or poems and yeah. I just remember the excitement and nervousness of you showing someone your work and me being like a it was amazing and b just seeing you light up as you were telling us I was like this is for sure yeah. you can just and tell sometimes when you look at people when they're when they're so passionate about something you can tell you're like this is this is you and maybe that's a good exercise for people who are trying to figure this out. What's my calling is to actually ask people who are close to you. Like just hearing you say that kind of helps me figure it out a bit more. Like, yeah, you're right. And going back to that whole discomfort, there is that element of discomfort for me in writing because I am a, one of my major limiting beliefs throughout my whole life has been a fear of not being good enough. And putting my writing out there into the world is like, you know, it, it took me forever to do that. You guys were the first people, you and Trico, mm. who I read my poetry to, and I was so scared. Yeah. And I still, you know, I still struggle a bit in that with putting it all out there, even though I love to do it. Um, I have to grow. I have to overcome these limiting beliefs to continue to pursue it. Mm. That's a great exercise, though, as well. Great point yeah. to, to do that because I think that, yeah, I think that's great because also what you know, when you, when you see people who are passionate about something, it doesn't matter what it is. If they're really passionate about it, you see their whole energy change. You, they just completely light up. So that, that's a great way of, yeah, really trying to tune into your calling. Um, I think it's, I think answering your calling, I think for me has been something that, has been, you know, I feel privileged that I was in the position where I could answer my calling. So, for instance, I think back to this example of this girl who I follow on Instagram, and she 
um, was raised by a single mother and had lots of siblings and, you know, um, didn't have a huge amount of money growing up. And she studied really hard and got a scholarship and became an engineer, which, you know, engineers mm-hmm. get paid quite good money. Um, and so she was an engineer for a long time. And she gave it all up to pursue her passion of painting. And so now she does murals around Australia, which are amazing. Like she's an amazing artist and has this like non-for-profit, I think it's called Murals for Change and has a baby now and a partner and, and just like has an incredible life. But it's so different to what she thought she was supposed to be doing, I guess, in the mm-hmm. beginning, which was being an engineer. So it's like, life can change so quickly and I think it's also really important to say that you can answer your calling at any age so while I was young I was 19 when I started wild you could be 52 and answer your calling like it just depends I suppose on being able to tune into what that is or discovering it and it evolving as you said like allowing it to change throughout time because I know that I feel like I've answered my calling but that doesn't mean that it won't change I know it will change but it's like accepting that and allowing it to happen yeah and seeing it as that process that journey you know the calling doesn't we're so conditioned to think of work and jobs as being the be all end all right but the calling itself could actually be that whole journey of trying out the different jobs or not doing jobs and just being the person you want to be you know it's that whole journey um and for me I was thinking as you were saying that I that's why I say my calling feels so ethereal but you know when I was in South Africa I felt like I was pursuing my calling working with the wildlife you know helping through research and all of that and then I sort of switched it switched to writing now into meditation but it still feels like the same calling Mm. in a lot of ways and that can be hard to deal with in our society because we want to box it and make it productive and look pretty with a bow tie but it's a whole journey Mm. that's great and that's so good to hear that yours feels like the same calling but looks probably from the outside very different very different Mm. yeah and I think that's really important to I think that's important to be able to allow yourself to as you said try different things like I think maybe one of the biggest reasons why people think I'm lucky that I found my calling is because I was so young so that Mm -hmm. I guess I hadn't um you know tried a million things first before I found my calling you know, I just kind of knew what it was, whereas it is so okay and a very good idea to do to try out a different heaps of different things until you know, so, until something feels really right and you're like, yeah, this is this is it. But also to, to kind of just go with the flow, like not kind of go on some like mass mission because I feel like mm. it's good to enjoy the journey. I know that we've spoken about this as well sometimes, but, yeah, to enjoy the journey of it rather than just trying to, get to that destination of yes now I found my calling done tick off the list kind of thing yeah and I think that really would just set you up for failure if you are looking at it that way um and I'm saying that from experience of looking at it that way like it's this place I need to get to so I can like you said tick off that box cross it off the list I'm done but something like your calling won't ever be done 
won't ever be a to-do list item. <laughs> no, no, it's it's really just like the beginning in a lot of ways rather mm-hmm. than rather than something that is a destination. It's really just the beginning. And um and yeah, and I think if someone's listening to this and they're really struggling to figure out what is their calling, I guess just try and take maybe some time to yourself, maybe meditate if you're if that's something that you do and just really try and block out all the white noise of what you think everybody expects of you or what people tell you they think that you know you should be doing and really tune into your heart and and what makes you light up what makes you feel like this is something that you want to spend your life doing and as we said it doesn't have to be a job or this that the other thing it could be it could be something completely different and it will look different for every person but I think taking time to yourself which is exactly what I had to do I had all that white noise all those opinions I had to literally remove myself from everyone and sit and cry and think and write down what (laughs) I thought I wanted to do so I think yeah taking time to yourself is is a good place to start that and then what we said too about talking to people who are close to you I I love that Mm. um just asking them what they think your calling is because there might be insight there that your own limiting beliefs have clouded you from seeing, even though it is already part of your way of being. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. I think both of those things would be quite helpful and probably things I'm going to do this week. <laughs> <laughs> I know. I love these conversations where it was like, and I'm going to take my own advice because that was great. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And I think, just going back again to the thing of it always evolving just knowing that it will evolve even for me is like a really Mm -hmm. great reminder because I feel like if you box yourself in it's just counterproductive like like if somebody told me at the beginning of wild that I was going to make films I would have laughed and been like you're joking (laughs) what (laughs) but now so it's just it's it's really good also I think with um your calling to keep an open mind Yeah, I agree. And just to be okay with it, like, it might look the way you want it to look right now. But if, you know, five years down the road, you realize it just needs to be different based on where you are in life, then that's okay. Let it change. Mm. This is a great reminder for me too. I'm like, (laughs) let it evolve, let it change. Because I think um yeah sometimes we can get so fixated on what we want well I'm talking about me right here but I get so (laughs) fixated on what I want things to look like and have a really clear plan but life happens shit happens you have to be able to let things go and that's always been a big lesson for me is letting things go and -hmm. just going going with the flow and um, allowing life to happen yeah yeah, I completely agree. It's also something I, I you know, need to navigate and I do navigate. So yeah, it's a reminder for me too. <laughs> and I think just touching back on the limiting beliefs for people listening, if, you know, I had a few people write in about their limiting beliefs and um, I can relate to all of them really. So they were um, scared of failure, beliefs around money and not feeling good enough. And I think if you're having any of these limiting beliefs, as we talked about, recognize them for what they are, that they are a limiting belief. They are limiting you. 
um, and and to sit with it and, you know, as you said, don't try and fix it straight away. That shouldn't be a project that you need to fix mm-hmm. and deal with, but to to sit with it and maybe to try and understand it a bit more, do a bit more self-reflection as to why you have this limiting belief because, as I touched on earlier, you know, I was called dumb when I was in primary school and that yeah. as a child can really sting and it can really stick with you. And so to really unpack those beliefs or those things that people have called you or said to you and to, um, and to you know, heal them and to be able to heal them knowing that this is benefiting you by doing it. Yeah. And also like a lot of our limiting beliefs, it can start with an event like your example of being called dumb. Like I can remember being called fat when I was a kid once, right? And same thing, it really stuck in me. And then different events can happen that might seem unrelated on the outside, but we start to correlate them and basically pile them up as evidence in our own minds about why it makes this belief true about us. Um, So there's all these really complicated, uh, elaborate connections within us. As soon as something happens, it can trigger all of those connections. And we don't even remember all this evidence that we've built up Um, And it can be in our bodies and our minds. So even if your belief comes up and like you said, you're sitting with it and it just seems irrational, just know like it can go deep. It can run and that's okay. Like you said, the more you sit with it and just start to untangle it, I think then you start to see all these connections and how things have, you've put them together. And by noticing that, then you can realize, okay, well, actually, you know, that was just based on something else and it's not necessarily reality. Yeah. 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 So, so true. And I think, um, just a little, I guess, thing that I did, which I found, um, helpful is a part of the healing stage that I went through as well is writing down all these limiting beliefs and then burning them. I feel like it's, I love that very symbolic, but it feels great as well. Just to be able to write them down, burn them, and then write down the opposite. So if you said, I'm not enough, write down, I am enough, or I'm not Mm -hmm. loved, I am loved, or I am important, or I am educated, or I am intelligent, or whatever it is, whatever your limiting belief is, write down the truth that you are enough, or that you Mm -hmm. are loved, or that you are important. And and really like either say it out loud to yourself or write it down or draw it whatever way that feels like it's um sinking in for you do that Mm -hmm. and just sit with that and I feel like for me that was a really healing thing to do was to to let go of those limiting beliefs um in a physical way of burning them and Mm -hmm. and then you know saying out loud the the truth and really um really allowing myself to to feel into it and to believe it as well yeah and I just I have had this image in my head for a couple months now and you saying that just sparked it back in my mind um like if we imagine our calling almost like a phoenix like rising from the ashes yeah exactly what you said we have to burn away we have to shed away all that doesn't allow for that rising and we have to release that all before we can relax before we can rise yeah we release to rise so if you know it, it's okay if you're sitting in the messy mm-hmm. <laughs> the at all because it it's part of it you know mm. 
that's it. And and I think that's a part of the thing as well of allowing yourself to, yeah, as you said, sit in the messy, but to feel all these big emotions. Because as we just mentioned, these limiting beliefs can stem from our childhood. So if you're mm-hmm. in your 20s, 30s, 40s, 50s, whatever, that's a long time for you to be having all this, as you said, evidence build up, um, yeah. saying that you are these things. So it's going to take time. It's not going to be something that happens overnight. And I think just be gentle with yourself and recognize that it is a process. And as you said, you need to release before you rise. I can love it's, that. <laughs> it's just like a calling, the limiting belief. It's like you just said, it's a process. Um, again, not a destination, not something you take off. It's a constant process of unraveling and like, even I know for me, I think I've healed a limiting belief. And then a few months later, something happens and triggers me. And I realize there's a whole other part of it that I haven't even touched yet, haven't even looked at. Um, so, I, yeah, I just love that you said that. It's again, it's a process and something we we constantly go through and evolve. Yeah. Yeah, it's so true. And I think just be gentle with yourself, guys, if you're listening and you're and you're feeling some lots of big emotions come up. Um, and yeah, and just know that it's it's good to also, as Seth said before, to reach out to people and talk to them about your passions, you know, people that you entrust in and love. Um, and yeah, I would love to also hear people's, you know, if, if you feel like you've answered your calling or whatever, I'd love to hear them. That would be amazing. I love, you know, hearing those stories. So feel free to always message me or Sarah on Instagram. We're always keen to hear your stories. Um, yeah. yeah. Anything else you want to touch on, Sarah? I don't think so. Mm. That I felt like that was a really beautiful conversation. Mm. Um, and very, yeah, it was a nice one. Something, I think everyone thinks about it all the time in some shape or form. So it's good to put it out there. Yeah, definitely. Well, let us guys know how you felt about this episode and if you have any stories and uh, we will talk to you next week. Bye-bye. Bye. Thanks for listening to The Mindful and The Messy. If you'd like to keep in touch, you can find us on Instagram, Roxy Rogan, which is R-O-G-A-N, and Sarah is at Sacred by Sarah. Thanks so much and talk again soon.